Hi, everyone. I'm Laurel Simmons, and welcome to another Right Club podcast. I'm joined today by Catherine Nelson-Riley, our great operations manager. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Laurel. I'm really excited about today's podcast episode with Alfonso Quadra. He has quite the story. This man has gone from homeless to a multifamily mogul, and he's done it all realistically in within just over 20 years. I know his story is really amazing. And but when we were talking in the interview, it really comes down to mindset, doesn't it? Like how he changed from a consumer mindset into an, an investor mindset. And not only the how, but the why. And you know, you, th- you have to listen to the interview to find out what's going on with this guy because he's very powerful. And he not only talks about his sort of his strategy and his thoughts and his values, but we talk about real life examples. So yeah, go on over and listen, right? Absolutely. And with that, I think we should get on to the podcast. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hi, Alfonso, and welcome to the Right Club. Great that you're here. I am so excited for this. And we're going to spend some time together in the near future. So I'm excited for that, too. Yeah, we're going to be doing it live. So that's great. But meanwhile, we've got you here on this podcast. So we thought it would be kind of cool to talk about some things that you know, people are thinking about. And well, you know, there's so much going on right now in the world of real estate, right? But then there always is. It's just a never-ending uh, stream of this is happening, that's happening. Interest rates go up, interest rates go down. They go um, sideways. They go sideways, right? <laughs> um, they seem to disappear for years and then they flash up and we've got, you know, like interest rates that pe- some people have never ever seen. So it's it's just kind of a, always a, a mix of what happens in uh, in real estate investing. So, um, guess what, Alfonso? Let's get you to tell us about how you got started because I know you've got a pretty interesting story. Well, I'll give you the cliff notes, <laughs> but go, just just a little bit to touch on what you were talking about and. You know, interest rates going up, down, sideways. You know, I, I consider myself to be a professional investor, right? Just like the NHL, every year they change the rules. And professional NHL players show up and play the game based on the new rules. So whatever's happening today, tomorrow will be something else. And the next day will be something else. But our job as investors is to come and play the game based on the new rules and whatever those rules are, that's how we're going to be playing the game. I started investing, actually, I've been in business for 27 years. I've been an investor for 23 plus years. And I've been in the education field and, you know, a speaker, mentor, coach for over 15 years now. So, you know, people have called me, you know, the godfather of real estate. I think it's more I'm the grandfather of real estate because I've been around so while, you know. They've been around a while, so should be the grandfather, but maybe that's for somebody else. But, you know, I came here from a war-torn country, El Salvador. I was actually in two wars before the age of nine. I came here as a landing refugee. I missed a lot of educational opportunities, so I didn't do well in school. I was, you know, I was not a, a good student. I think I was maybe a good student. Just nothing really inspired me in school. 
I felt left behind. Uh, I, I, you know, I couldn't, I, you know, I don't know. There's something this didn't connect. I ultimately, you know, was frustrated, dropped out of high school at 15, left home, spent time on the streets, lived on the streets, homeless at, at, at a point. And I had a life-changing moment at 17 when my daughter was born. And that was the one thing that really put me in a different trajectory. I discovered purpose and a why. And what I wanted ultimately at the very beginning was just to make that little girl proud. And so I started a business 27 years ago that was, did really well in that industry. By the time I'm 21, I have millions of dollars, not realizing that, you know what, I have very little financial education. And, you know, by the time I'm 24, I spent all the money. I'm negative a million dollars. And uh, now I have to do something, right? Now I'm in a point where it's like, whoa, it's like, do I start over? Like, what do I do? I realized there were some gaps in my learning and, you know, financial literacy. And so I started reading about, you know, uh, wealthy people and I discovered real estate. And what I discovered was that all the wealthiest people in the world, uh, they don't really uh, buy stuff. That's what I was doing. You know, when I was 21 years old making money, uh, I was a consumer. What I needed to do is transition into being a, an investor and making sure my money was working for me. And for me, the, the vehicle that I discovered was real estate and was mostly through reading books, you know, reading about wealthy people, seeing what they did. And what I discovered is the, the wealthiest people in the world, even though they have other means of making money, they always have real estate. They have multiple streams of income. And one of those streams is always real estate. And so that was interesting to me. And so I started to, you know, go deep on it. And what, what I discovered was that no one was really bragging about their duplexes or triplexes. Some of the wealthiest families in the world, they all had real significant commercial real estate. And that's why I started in the multifamily right from the beginning. I'm a multifamily investor. I've managed to build the portfolio since that time, you know, over 23 years, you know, multi-million dollar portfolio, mostly apartment buildings, hundreds and hundreds of doors all across Canada and the U.S. So that's my story in a nutshell. So it's really interesting to hear you say that because, you know, you, you basically started, well, you started from less than nothing. You were on the streets, you're homeless, and now you've got these massive portfolios. And I think a lot of people think, well, I can never do it. I can't because, you know, I, I there's so many people out there, right, who have maybe own their own home or are renting or have kids or anything, right? Life happens to all of us. And uh, there's a lot of maybe reasons why people think they really, not only do they think, but they believe they can't do it, right? Yes. Well, people get caught up with the, you know, the mortgage and the car payment and you know, they become a, a slave to all of their stuff and there's really nothing left over to invest, right? right. And we live in a, an, on an economic planet and I definitely am not, a, I'm not against consumerism, but it does, it, it, you know, it's either you have the consumer mindset or the investor mindset. And even if you gave people all of the money to invest, they still wouldn't do it unless the mindset changes, right? And so that was a, the first lesson that I had to learn about investing is becoming an investor versus a consumer of things and stuff and 
a house and, a, you know, the, the keeping up with the Joneses, things like that. And I think people get caught up with that and they really can't let go. They become a, a slave to their stuff where there's no room for them to even look at investing because they're consumed with all of this stuff. Well, okay. So that begs the question then, how did you do it? Because it's easy to say, change your, you know, change your mindset, move from being a consumer to an investor. Yeah. And I mean, I guess ideally you could just snap your fingers and do it because it is all a mindset, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's not the way the human psyche works. <laughs> well, unfortunately, and I wish it wasn't like this, but unfortunately I was faced with bankruptcy, right? I was faced with losing everything until, until I started to realize I had to do something. I am, I'm actually the person that's in the driver's seat here. It's like the old story. I don't know if you, you've heard the story of the hound dog. And there's a, there's a guy sitting on a porch. There's a hound dog. And there's a guy walking by. And the guy walking by notices that the hound dog is sitting on the porch doing this. And the guy's like, what's good? You know, the owner's right there. He's sitting right there, right beside his dog. And he's like, did you notice your dog crying? He's like, oh, no, he's just sitting on a nail. And the dog is like, ah. So the guy is like, oh, my God, why didn't he just get off the nail? And the, the guy is like, well, it doesn't hurt bad enough. And so sometimes, you know, we are just sitting on this nail. We know it's uncomfortable. We know we want a different life, but it just doesn't hurt bad enough for us to actually do something about it. And that's so unfortunate, you know, and like you said, it's not like you just snap your fingers and all of a sudden you have a different mindset. You got to really work on it. You got to work on yourself the best investment that you can ever make is the investment on yourself. And so for me at that time, first thing I had to do is get myself a mentor, coaching, you know, get around like-minded people. The problem was, even though I was successful, I was, I was surrounded around the wrong people that were very consumer driven. And, you know, I have the best car, I have the best jewelry, I have the best house, all of the things. And that's kind of what I, that's the world that I got caught up in. No one was talking about investing. And so when I, when I was facing losing everything, I had to make a, a decision in my life. Either I lose everything or I actually change my life the way I do things. And so what I did was I sold everything. I basically sold everything. I went from driving Mercedes-Benz, you know, BMW, Cadillac Escalade, all at the same time, okay, to Dodge Neon. I sold my house. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with the house. I bought the, thank God I bought a house, but all of my equity was stuck in that house. And, you know, while, you know, I had no income, my credit was shot. I had this one thing that actually had increased in value was the house. The problem is the, the, the capital was trapped in this house. I had to sell my house, move my family, and it's uncomfortable. Right. It's uncomfortable. Right. No one. I'm in that house. I'm comfortable, but I'm complaining about the way things are. I'm sitting on that nail at that point. And so I had to be honest with myself and stand in my truth. This house is not serving me at this point. I'm, I'm 24 years old. Right. I'm 24 years old. I have to move my family out of the house. We move into a duplex that we converted into a triplex. And we refied the capital that we, we that I pulled from the house by selling the house. I had actual capital to work with. And 
I lived in that triplex for about five years until I built my portfolio. Once I built my portfolio, I used the passive income from my portfolio to buy myself a new house. And that, this is kind of how I got myself out of it. The same advice that I give my own daughter, my, my daughter, when she turned 21, the same daughter that changed my life back in, you know, when I was 17 years old, she's now 27. And, you know, she was like, dad, like, I want to get a condo. And I'm like, sure, you can get yourself a condo or you can build a portfolio that's going to pay for your house and whatever you want, whenever you want. And that's what she did. You know, and she's got about 13 doors now. And I asked her if she wants a condo. She's like, that doesn't make any money. So mindsets can shift. It's not overnight. But you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to make a sacrifice. It's not for everyone. You don't have to sell the house to be successful. You don't have to, you know, sell all the things that make you comfortable. But analyze. Take inventory of where your money's going and and make sure that you're not working for the money instead of the money working for you. So that's the dynamic that I changed. All right. And you know, obviously it has worked. And your daughter has, has picked that up. I think it's funny that she says, ah, condo's not going to make me any money. <laughs> I'm like, where'd you get that from? She's like, I don't know. I don't know where I got that. I'm like, okay, that's all right. I don't need Hey, that. that's great. That's wonderful. But, you know, and, and again, it's great. You've changed your mind. Now what, though? You've got to, just before we started talking on this, on this interview, we were chatting a little bit and you were taught, we were talking about strategies and plans, right? And the sort of the shiny object syndrome, because that is really key when it comes to people who would like to be more comfortable with the income that they're getting. So let's talk a little bit about that, like, you know, the, the strategy and the planning and what you do. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by LegalSecondSuites.com. Ken Beckendam is an amazing real estate investor. He understands the process of the conversion inside and out. And he has built one of the largest by volume design build firms in the GTA that specializes in legal multifamily conversions, anywhere from two to 15 units. And he's been involved in either the designer or the contractor in well over 250 conversion projects, which resulted in over 600 legal dwelling units. That is a lot of legal dwelling units. And Ken and his team at Legal Second Suites, they cover everywhere from Halton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, Brant, Hamilton, London, Tri-Cities, Barrie, York, and anything in between. He's one of the few firms that can complete the entire process for you from design to construction to property management. So it's truly a one-stop shop. So reach out to Ken at LegalSecondSuites.com. Again, it is LegalSecondSuites.com. And now back to the show. Yeah, so then what happens to most people once they're on this trajectory of change in their life, they, and then they don't want to miss opportunities. First, you don't see opportunities. That's phase one. You don't see opportunities. Now you get in the no, and now all you see is opportunities. So then that's the opposite. First, you don't see an opportunity. You don't do anything. The, the, the second part is like you see, you only see opportunities and um, you want to do everything, right? And so this was happening to me very early on where I was just, I just thought I needed to jump on every single opportunity. 
Here's what I discovered. Not every opportunity is for me. You know, if someone walks into this room right now with warm pot and ice cream, that would be a great opportunity for someone, but not for me because, you know, I'm trying to watch what I eat and I'm trying to be, stay healthy. And so not every opportunity is for everyone. And so what helped me was at the very beginning is creating long-term goals, right? And having a long-term, a big part of my philosophy is about expansion and being in consistent expansion, allowing yourself to expand. Because even if we set goals, um, I'm, I'm willing to bet that the majority of people's goals are very low and small. And, you know, they're based, they're operating based on what they think they can accomplish. And as you know, we can accomplish anything that we want, as long as we're willing to put ourselves out there and want and ex allow our minds to expand. You're either expanding or contracting, but you're not doing both, right? And so allow your mind to expand, see what you're what you what the ultimate end goal looks like five, 10 years from now. I mean, the longer the goal, the better you're gonna be. I mean, Elon Musk has 200 year goals. He won't even be alive to actually see his full vision. You know, by the time we're all, everyone's living on Mars, he won't even be alive to see that. And so, you know, the longer, the long-term goals support that what you're going to do today, because if you can have a long-term goal, what you want to do is you cut them up into bite-sized pieces and then you narrow it down to what you're supposed to do today. And if every decision that you make on a daily basis is in alignment with that long-term goal, then you know you're on the right track. What happens is, you know, it's just like squirrel, right? People get distracted. You know, they have the long-term goal. They know what they want to achieve, but the decisions that they're making are, don't, are not in alignment where they're wanting to go. And so what happens is someone says, I want to have a passive income. I want to build a multifamily portfolio. And, you know, I want to, you know, I want X amount of dollars. And this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I know where I want to be in five years from now, but maybe I should become a realtor or maybe I should become a mortgage broker or maybe I should do short term. So every decision that you're making is bringing you further away than the original goal that you had. And so that is where people, they lose track, they lose themselves, nothing works, they get frustrated and then they're like, well, I don't know what's happening. Well, maybe the interest rates, maybe... COVID, maybe this, maybe that, maybe. So they blame, they blame exterior situations that no one has control. We have no control over what happens in the, in, with the interest rates. And ultimately, I know I'm an investor. No matter what the interest rates are, I know I have a 10-year goal. I have a 10-year plan of what I'm going to do. And I'm operating based on that. I'm already 10 years away from where we are today. And so I can make my decisions based on that. If, what, if they change the interest rates, okay, we just adjust and play within the new rules. So I think what you're saying that is, and because I'm going to bring it right down to the nitty gritty and almost the, to a, a very granular level, is if you are always keeping your long-term goals in mind, and like you said, every decision has to be in an alignment with your goals, that means on a daily basis, you know, if you have decided that you want, say, I don't know. And this is just, just an example that, you know, in, a, in, a, in 10 years, you want 
I'm not even going to say number of doors. Maybe you want a million dollars coming in every month. Okay, well, whatever it is, right? Well, that means that if you want, have a, want to have a million dollars coming in every month, and for some people who are listening, they might say, oh, I can never do that. All right, maybe it's $10,000 every month. And whatever, it doesn't matter, right? It's okay, if I want to do that, then I have to build up, have this much money coming in. So then how much, how many properties do I need and all the rest of it? The same time on a daily basis. That means, oh, I need a new vehicle. Like you, I'm not going to go out and buy that uh, $75,000 vehicle because, hey, the monthly payments are going to limit my ability to invest in other things so that I can get to my goal, right? Like that's yeah. the kind of thing we're talking about, right? Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, every like even the invitation to come on your show today, I think it was maybe a month ago or whatnot, you guys sent me an invitation. You want to come on podcasts. I have to make a decision. You know, I, that's a decision. That, I mean, I have to invest significant time with you guys, which I love to do. Uh, but I have to say to myself, is this an alignment with where, where I want to be? Is it an alignment with the goals, right? So if you, if you guys were a cooking show and you say, Alfonso, we want you on this cooking show and we want to know about your dietary, you know, how you follow your diet. Well, that's not an alignment with where I'm going. And in fact, it's going to distract me. And I would have to say, no, this is not a show that I want to be on. And I get all types of opportunities, all types of invitations to do all kinds of things, all kinds of Zoom calls, all kinds of things that are going to distract me. And ultimately, you have to, you know, stand at the gates of your time and to make sure that time is invested in the things that you ultimately want. And everything, if you can do that, if every decision you make and if every opportunity that comes your way, you're able to, to have that in mind and you can see yourself as standing at the, the gates of your time, uh, you're going to be moving towards your goal uh, a lot faster than it's like, well, you know, maybe I'll take the, I'll take the call. You know, I'll go, on this, I'll, I'll go for coffee for this op new opportunity. It's probably going to take you away from the things that you want. I think, though, it does get hard because especially, you know, so, okay, here's a perfect example. You have kids, right? Uh, they want this. They want that. They want the latest toy. They want, hey, they, they, that's just the way it is. I mean, they're kids. So uh, as the parent, as adult, you have to make the decisions about what you spend money on because that's what you have to do. Plus your time. I mean, spending time with your kids is really important. I'm not saying not to do that. But there's that there's there's those those limits that you have to put in because you're always thinking, okay, these kids want this now, but in ten years, I want to send those kids to a great school, or college, or university, or whatever it is, and I need to be able to, whatever I do, I need to take that money and and use it wisely, right? Yeah. So with my kids, you know, my my everyone has different values, right? And my number one value is family. That for me, family is everything. And the reason I'm doing this in the first place is because of my family and what I want to do for my family. What I, want, I have two girls. My wife and I, between both of us, we have four kids. And we want to obviously, you know, give them opportunities that maybe we didn't have. Ultimately, I time block, right? I do a lot of time blocking. I had to learn all this stuff. I wasn't born like this. I'm actually, you know, during school, I was late every day to school. I was, I forgot all of my books every day. I mean, 
I wasn't organized and that I would say those are some of my weaknesses, but just because they're my weaknesses doesn't mean I, I, I shouldn't work on them. I've created systems and some of those systems are time blocking, right? So I block time every week with my family and with myself, even time to, to think because it's important. I block off time for lunch. I block, block off time for, you know, for meditation. I block off time for spending time with family. That's in my, those are non-negotiables, right? And in my view, if I don't do those things, I'm not going to be doing, I can't do, there's nothing, I'm going to be scattered because every, no one's, you know, let's say if you, you, you can build a great career, but your kids are like, we don't see you, right? Um, that also is going to be a conflict in your mind and you're going to self-sabotage. And so what I've done in my life is like, I've created, um, I created a system, right? I've, I've created the environment for me to be successful. I made a decision back in 2020 that I was going to take email off my phone. In my, at home, I will give you $10,000 if you can find any working file or paperclip. I'll give you $10,000 if you find a paperclip in my house uh, because it just doesn't exist. I don't bring, I don't bring home. I don't bring work home. I don't have a computer at home. I don't have access to email, you know. So when I'm at home, I'm completely present. The time that I give my kids, I'm completely present, which means that now I'm fully energized when I come back to work and I sit at this office, you know, come into work, I'm more efficient. I can accomplish more. I can do more. I can create more, become more, do more. I can delegate more. Uh, time blocking does give you the, gives you the ability. It's like, oh, I can't do this. So who, who else can do it, right? And for me, that's, that's productivity. And that brings me closer to my goals than trying to be, be in all places at all time, all times. Well, that's great. I'm, I think I'm, oh, wow, that's really great. And I confess I'm not like that. And, but you know what? We all have our systems. We all have yeah. our systems. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask you another question then. You have your goals, you have your strategy, and we touched on it briefly when we talked about the shiny object system, but you, sorry, shiny object syndrome. But you also, you just focus on what four key areas of real estate investing, correct? Personally, I only focus on one. Oh, okay. What is that? I, That's only family? That's it. All right. All right. So I've done all, I've done everything, right? I've done everything under the sun. And, you know, we were talking earlier about Wealth Genius and how the, we have different educational streams, which right. is multifamily, whole, uh, wholesale land development and investing in the U.S., which I do all. But here's one of those decisions, right? Do I want to be known for everything or do I just want to be known for one thing? And so when it comes to investing in multifamily and raising capital and, you know, getting started in multifamily or expanding your portfolio, there's only one person. That's me. And I am very focused on that. That's, that is the, the vehicle that I've chosen. That's all I teach on. And I don't distract myself. And so what I've done is I've found people that focus on all these other areas and they come in and they bring their expertise. And uh, we've created educational streams under these people. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And 
let people focus on what they want to focus on. Yes, exactly. And people can make money all kinds of ways in real estate. You just got to choose, right? You got to choose and go deep and, you know, go through all the trials and tribulations and, you know, and do all the learning and then grow. And this is how you're going to be successful. All righty. Well, there you go. You've heard it from a very successful person. And I would suspect that if we were to talk in 10 years, Alfonso, things would be different. Although you still be growing, right? Because that's one of your values is to constantly grow. Yes. If you talk to me in 10 years, you're going to find me saying the very exact same things, but doing and at very different stages in my life. That sounds wonderful. You know what? I think we'll just put that down on the calendar. 10 years from today. We're going to talk to Alfonso. <laughs> Well, I hope it's not 10 years until we get, we get back on the podcast. <laughs> no, that won't happen. Okay, we're going to move on to the lightning round now. And it's just four simple questions. Just answer whatever comes, to your, comes into your mind. Catherine, would you like to start? Absolutely. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Alfonso, that's really been enlightening. And I, I think you're going to be touching and providing an awful lot of aha moments for our listeners. So thank you very much for that. But at the beginning, when you were talking about things, you did mention about how you had many mentors and you read many books and did all kinds of educational training yourself that you instigated. And so out of all of that, what is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I've ever received was, it was really around leverage and money. You know, I was, I grew up in a household where my mom was was very risk adverse. There was no debt in the house. My mom didn't believe in debt or borrowing even a cent. And you know that's how I grew up with those kinds of that kind of paradigm. And my mentor said it doesn't matter how much money you have. All that matters is how much you can borrow. And I was like, I was under the impression that cash was king, but he told me cash was trash, and it's all about leverage and. You are rewarded in life based on your ability to manage it. And if you can manage that the right way, then you're going to be rewarded by more money to do more things. And so that was, I think, uh, an eye-opener for me. That's quite an eye-opener. The moral, I think you've got a question for Alfonso. I do. If you had to pick one attribute, you know, one characteristic of yourself that has made you successful, what would you say was like the one thing that was top of the list? Determination. Um, I don't take no for an answer. And if there's, if they close the door, I find a window. If I, if they close the window, I find, a, I find a hole somewhere to get in. I, I don't know, like through the chimney or something. Well, that's, and that's really good. That's, that's showing your perseverance. And as you said, you're determined that you're number one. So 
with your resources that you've had at your fingertips, which have been many, and you also are developing your own resources in order to help many others through your Wealth Genius program and some of your other programs that you have. But throughout your career, what is your favorite resource that you would recommend for real estate? Well, your favorite resource and what you would recommend for others in real estate investing? Well, most people, well, I'm going to say books, right? I'm going to say my favorite resource is books, but it's not what you think. Most people want me to talk about real estate related books. And when they ask me, Alfonso, how did you build such a, like, a big portfolio? How did you build this, all of these companies? How did you do it? Uh, you know, can you give me the book? What's the book? And people want to hear the traditional books that everybody's heard. For me, it comes back to people and leadership. And if you want to expand and if you want to grow your real estate portfolio, there's two types of books that you need to be reading, leadership books and sales books. Okay. Actually, that, there... that was really good advice because um, I often say to people, look, you get far more ideas if you go outside of sort of your own little circle, right? Just, it, that's just the way it is. But it gets kind of inbred if all you're doing is reading and thinking real estate. And, and I don't care what field you're in. Yeah. Just, just get out of your head and read something and talk to people who are in different fields. And you said, like, leadership. Oh, that's so, sales, that's so important. I don't care what field you're in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Last question then. What will we find you doing on a Sunday morning? Meditating, drinking coffee. <laughs> Most of my Sunday mornings are, depending if I'm on the road. So last year I did 96 events, but if I'm on the road, I'll probably be preparing, meditating and drinking coffee to prepare for a Sunday uh, event. So some of, most of my events are two-day boot camps, which are in the, on the weekends, Saturday and Sundays. And, you know, when I'm at home, it's always about family and, you know, I'm going to be meditating, drinking coffee. And getting ready to binge watch something with my daughters. Mostly my young one. She loves Netflix. <laughs> there you go. And that's, that's what life's about, right? Spending yeah. time with family and yeah. being able to do that. Look, I used to feel guilty about, you know, you know what they call it? Guilty pleasures, right? Mm -hmm. Like watching uh, something stupid on Netflix or whatever, you know? And I used to feel guilty about it. But here's what I learned. If you schedule that... If that's your intention and you time block it and you say, you know what, on Sunday, I'm going to watch Gilmore Girls with my daughters. We're going to watch it, you know, for, the, for four hours straight and you do it, you are productive, right? Because you, that was your intention. And so you don't have to feel guilty about doing things that you love to do, like spending time with your family. If it's scheduled, most people run around by the seat of their pants. And uh, they don't schedule life. And so what happens is when they're supposed to be doing something productive or that's going to impact their business, they're, they end up binge watching or nothing is organized. And so from an unorganized person, you know, what I can leave your audience with is if you time block and if you want to binge watch a show one day, and if that's what you want to do and you time block it and you do it, you're productive. Good advice. Really good advice. Thank you for that. So, Alfonso, how do people reach you? What, what, what's the best way for, for people to reach you? I'm so Googleable. Uh, Googleable? <laughs> yeah, you can Google me. Uh, 
You know, I would love if people could check out my YouTube channel. I have 1,200 videos. Wow. I think the last time I checked, there's like, you know, about 600,000 views on my YouTube channel. I've been doing this for a very long time. And if I say anything on that channel that resonates with you, you can DM me. All righty. There we go. Thank you, Alfonso. It was really great to speak with you. You really are an inspiration. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was quite the, quite the interview with the background and really giving a great foundation as to how Alfonso went from homeless to a multifamily family mogul through the strategies that he's used. And through that, he's turned what he's learned into being a mentor, a speaker, a trainer for many others. And on his own YouTube channel, he's got over 1,200 videos he's done that at this moment in time have well over 600,000 views. Yeah, it's just absolutely amazing. And I, you know, go and listen to them and go watch them because, hey, it's there. It's free. This is information. This is education. This is training. And you know what? It's there for the taking. So with that, Catherine, we're going to call it, call it a wrap. We ask everyone to go on over to therightclub.com and check out all our uh, our own videos. We've got lots and lots of videos, lots of podcasts for you to listen to. And we wish you a great day, a great week. And hey, get out there and customize your life because that's what it's all about. It absolutely is. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you, and we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.